Welcome to the Grow Equation Podcast, a training podcast for service-based business owners who want to hashtag work less, earn more. Your host, Diana Lidstone, has been working with businesses for more than three decades to help them get known as the undeniable authority in their industry, ramp up their profits, and optimize their resources with the end goal that they work less and earn more. So if you're ready to implement simple steps to banish the hustle and to do business differently, then stop. Stop folding laundry or running on your treadmill, grab a pen and paper, and let's dive into today's episode. Building a team of employees or, you know, consultants is certainly one way that you can hashtag work less, earn more. But hiring, training, and keeping employees can be quite the challenge for the business owner. It's another whole new set of skills that the business owner has to learn. And that's why I'm thrilled today to have our special guest with us. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Equation Business Podcast, where I share tips, strategies, and guest interviews so that you can work less, earn more. As I said, keeping, training, hiring, retaining employees, HR policies, procedures, all of that can be, to me, very overwhelming. So I have today a guest, Hilda Gann. She and her husband built an engineering company that rated the best places to work, not once, but twice. She's now a speaker, an author, and the founder of People Bright Consulting. Welcome aboard, Hilda. Thanks for having me, Diana. I'm thrilled to be here and excited to share some of my knowledge to help anxious people who think, oh my God, HR, this is not what I want to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, it's not what they want to talk about. It's part of the business that they probably go, oh, how did I get here? How did this happen? I need employees. I need to get this work done. And they're kind of in this scramble, right? To me, it's kind of overwhelming. I remember when I had my retail store and again, I was new to retail and I had to hire employees. And I was really, really fortunate over the years that I hired people who had the same values as I did. They had the same passion that I did. And many of them stayed with me for that whole 12 years that I had the store. But then there were those people who came on board and you could tell after day one, they just were never quite going to make it. But I know from your experience, you have this model, just like I have the grow model, you have this rev up model. And I'd love for you to, you know, start off by explaining that because I think it'll help set the stage. I love how you talked about the retail business. And I'm impressed that you had a lot of people that stayed on for the 12 years. I think that's a testament to you as a leader of a business and that you had a set of values and you created something special. There'll always be people that you know from day one. So let me tell you about RevUp. RevUp actually is a concept I created when I started my People Bright business five years ago. And it's based on the success my husband and I had. As you mentioned, we created best workplaces in Canada. We were actually top 10 twice. That's top amazing. 10 twice. Awesome. awesome. And it is in part due to the fact that we did create a foundation where people love to come to work 
and people loved that they were growing. This was our vision. Wouldn't it be nice to have a place where people loved to come to work and loved what they were doing? And we made that happen. And we got that validated uh, about nine, 10 years later. We said, hey, let's find out what the world thinks about us because we in our company think we're pretty good. And then fast forward, we sold the business and I'm thinking, what do I want to do? And of all the things that I did in building our company, we had 125 people, seven offices across Canada. It was a transportation engineering firm. And I said, of all the things that I did, and I was basically corporate managing all aspects of the administrative parts of the company, human resources was what I love. And how do I articulate what we did? Because we created our HR from scratch, policies, procedures, mentoring program, education, you know, events, you know, the barbecue, yep. et cetera. And the word came to me, what we did was rev up. So RevUp is based on the success my husband and I had. And RevUp stands for respect. Treat everybody the way they want to be respected. The E stands for equality. And at our company, equality meant your job is equally as important as my job. Your job is equally important as my job. Valued. And so these are the perks that show people that you care, you know, Things like your compensation and the events that you have and the culture you build to show people that you really value them. Then what I think is the up in RevUp is look at people's uniqueness. We are all unique in our own ways. If we can just harness that uniqueness, their passion, their strengths, and build upon them, Imagine how gratified they would be saying, hey, I get to do this. This is great stuff. And people value me because they recognize my uniqueness. And then when you take that uniqueness and tap into that potential, imagine how people will want to stay longer, feel valued, and just feel inclusive if you create this culture. So RevUp was born as a way of articulating the success we had. And what I do like to do is help companies rev up, rev up their potential, rev up their teams, rev up their managers by embracing a workplace of inclusivity based on those five principles. I love that. And I want to go back as you may have been watching me, I'm writing very furiously little <laughs> notes here. And you said something about, you know, building a place that people love to come to work. They're happy, but, and these aren't your exact words, but they want to be part of the growth of the company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so to me, I'm extrapolating here a little bit, but if I get this, they understand their part of the growth of the vision for the company down the road. Would that be? You've got it. You know, when I think back on the journey we had, it almost sounded like those textbooks and you go, yeah, yeah, I heard about <laughs> that. Yeah. And I think, but we were able to take something and because of our vision and our kind of tenacity to make it happen, it happened. Yeah. And so one of the things I teach people is it starts with your mission, vision, and values. It's surprising how many entrepreneurs don't have a mission, vision, and values. I was working with a client recently, five years in the business, and she didn't have a mission, vision, and value. We were writing her policy and procedure, and she didn't have one, and she had a coach. So technically, I didn't want to kind of hone in on helping her with that because that wasn't my mandate, and she had a coach. But finally, after about three tries, I said, here's what I hear you saying about your mission, vision, and values. Yeah. But once you have a mission, vision, and values, then it really is the foundation for growing your company. 
It is. And it's so true because I did an interview and I'm not sure which episode it was. It was with Carrie Conley. And her quote was, a great vision solves just about everything. It is your compass. It is your foundation. Because for mission, vision, and values, it then defines the kind of clients that you want. It defines your operations. From my perspective, my lens of human resource, it defines the kind of staff that you'll hire, the kind of culture that you'll create. A good example is like, if you were Disney, you're all about customer focus. So you're going to create policies, procedures, and processes operationally that delight your clients, right? It's customer focus. Whereas if you're a securities company, you're going to create checks and balances and make sure all the risks are taken care of. Totally different. And you're going to hire people who are customer focused. At Disney, they call them cast members, right? But if you're hiring for securities, you're going to make sure these people are really dedicated to getting it 100% right, making sure checks and balances are never overlooked. So that's what I mean is start from mission, vision, and values. And we had three words in our company, iTrans. It was a transportation firm. It was even before the I in I, like a dot-com companies, but we came up with the word iTrans. And we created three values, insight, integrity, and innovation. And they were simple, easy to follow. And it's funny, our staff knew those. Like that's textbook, right? Everybody's supposed to eat, live, and breathe it. And one of the staff says, like our values. I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, no, 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 like our values, Hilda. (laughs) And I'm thinking, yeah. He says, I know them. I said, oh, okay. And he proceeded to tell me insight, integrity, and innovation. And to me, that meant we had created a culture where people had a sense of belonging. Correct. correct, They felt valued and they were proud. They were proud of saying, I belong to this company. I am contributing to this company. And wouldn't that be nice for all companies if they strive for that? Because then you're going to increase retention. You're going to increase loyalty. And if they love what they're doing, it doesn't feel like work. So it's going to be productive. I mean, this isn't why we did it. We wanted to create a great place to work, but If you're business-minded and you're only focusing on that, it does pay to do those things. Yeah. I want to go back also. So you had the R, which was respect, and the E, which was equality. Equality. And you said, you know, my job is no more important than somebody else's job. It's equally as important. Sorry, equally as important. And I think there's a book by Robin Sharma. I want to say he talks about leadership and, you know, he gives the example of, and I forget what country he was in, but I'll say India. And there's, you know, the cleaner and he met, you know, the janitor and the janitor was so proud of his job and what he did. And this left, you know, a remarkable imprint on Robin Sharma that he wrote about it in his book. And he said, you know, that janitor's job in that business was as equally as important as the CEOs. And so I love that, the E. Yeah. And then there was the V for value. There was the U for uniqueness. And I love that because so often we have to look at what are people's unique strengths and put them in a job where their unique strengths shine. So I think too many of us grew up in a culture where 
you know, we went to school and, you know, could do better in math. So they hire a math tutor, right? Instead of what is their strength, which I don't know, let's say is music and, you know, teach them more music, how to be better at music. And I think that's sometimes what business owners forget to look at is what are the strengths of that person? And, you know, maybe they're not currently in the right job, but maybe this job over here somewhere else is the right job for them. So, yeah. yeah. So let's get into this, you know, cause I know this is a question that many business owners have. How do you know when it's the right time to start hiring if you don't have any staff or how do you know when it's the right time to, you know, increase your staff levels? I'm sure there are many questions all around that. Yeah. I think that's always a tough question. I think when you start off as an entrepreneur, you're trying to do everything yourself. And some things you're good at and some things you're not good at, right? But there comes a point where you realize that, you know, I'm spending all this time doing admin functions that somebody else could be doing. And if I'm doing those admin functions, then I could be selling more and earning money to pay for that. So, I mean, that's part of that equation that you have to think about. What is it that I really do well? How do I maintain my sales and in your terms, profit by leveraging my time and cleaving off the stuff that I'm not good at. That quicksand stuff that, you know, I don't want to spend hours doing it. If I hired somebody, they spent five minutes, I would have a much better product and I could focus on something else. I remember doing a PowerPoint presentation and I thought I got to get this right because I'm doing a presentation for this woman, the executive group. And the person that was doing it, she said, okay, hold on, I have two people. You can get the entry-level graphic designer, or you can get my more seasoned graphic designer. It's going to cost you, you know, say, $25 versus $40 an hour, but you're going to get a better product, and the person at the senior level may take half the time. So in the end, you may only pay you know, $100 more, but you'll get a better product, even though it took... So it is all about hiring the right person. So I think you do have to do the numbers crunching on it. But Mm -hmm. you also have to figure out what it is that you need. And sometimes you can continue to have somebody that you hire who's an expert in their own business, who's got maybe a virtual admin business, and use them as you begin to leverage your time. Because that's cheaper, because you do have to do the costing on that too, because there's things like CPP and EI that they pay, but you pay as well. So do look at not just the hourly rate, an hourly rate of $25 could actually be about $40 an hour when you factor in many other things that you will need to pay for. Yeah. Whereas the person who's charging you $35, actually, that's a bargain because they don't work 20 hours a week that you promised them. They work five hours one week or 20 hours the next week. Yeah, that's so true. You know, we're talking, uh, this podcast is meant for those entrepreneurs who are probably less than 10 employees, maybe even around five. And I was wondering if you could share a couple of sort of tips and strategies that you might have for hiring staff so that you get the right staff and that you keep that staff. Mission, vision, and values. Mm -hmm. It gets back to that. Know what you want in your company and then look for people who align with your mission, vision, and values and create the culture you want. Don't ignore culture. Don't let it happen. If you want people to really care about their clients, care about people, 
That's important. When you're hiring that person, yeah, go into Google. There's lots of research there. You can go and find different jobs and cherry pick what you need. But really do understand it's not about the task. It's about the people and the fit, fit with your values. I realized quickly that as much as I talk about RevUp and how we created this environment and my husband and I did a lot of it, what I realized years later when people came back to reunions that we hired ambassadors of our vision values. And I looked around the room at these people who said, there'll never be another iTrans, Hilda, don't you know? (laughs) That what they did was then they emulated that same sense of, hey, welcome to iTrans. You know, if you have any questions, let me know that friendliness and caring. So hire for values, hire for fit. Don't hire just because you need desperately to hire somebody and they do the work, hire for that. Then the second thing is when you're interviewing, have a set of questions that are open-ended. Don't have a yes or no question or lead them to thinking the answer you want. Keep it open-ended. So again, go to templates. You can look for them there. And then the last piece of advice is go with your gut. Go with your gut. You may not have interviewed a lot of people in your lifetime, but your gut says, I don't know, something's not quite right. They don't seem like they're a team player, right? Go with your gut. Your gut is telling you stuff that you don't know how to articulate yet, but viscerally, you know. So that's my last piece of advice. I love it. Five minutes and less. Good one. So just quickly, because you talked about, you know, people's specialties and experts and for the small business owner, could they hire an HR consultant? Of course they could, but when should they hire? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you start a business, you think, okay, I got to get a banker. I got to hire an accountant or bookkeeper. And I got to hire a lawyer when I need a lawyer. Right. People don't think about hiring an HR person because they think, well, it's people. I talk to people. I know how to talk to people. But do you know how to talk to people that will uplift and motivate them, that will make them feel like they belong to your company? So what I say is that it's cheaper sometimes to hire an HR consultant than it is to wait till something hits the fan and you need to hire a lawyer. So some people aren't willing to pay for that, but you do pay for that expertise of a bookkeeper. You pay for that expertise of a lawyer to set up your company, for example. And what I like to think is that look for somebody who's got experience, who's got at least five to 10 years. It's surprising the number of HR professionals who don't have enough of a well-rounded experience to understand the ramifications of scenarios. I like to think of myself as a chess master when it comes to HR. You know, I know that if you do this move on move one, you're going to end up in checkmate in three moves, right? (laughs) And so sometimes a person who just graduated and you can get them for next to nothing, you know, starting salary is like that novice chess player. They can take you from one day to the next, but like you talked about future hiring, they don't understand the ramifications of hiring for the future. What I do, because I have a pragmatic approach to having run a business, as well as 25 plus years of HR experience, I can see down the road like a chess master what's going to happen. And what I like to do is weigh the risks and the rewards of a decision you're going to make. 
So you should think about bringing on an HR consultant and you should have a conversation with them and look at their values and look at their experience and knowledge. Because some of us are what they call specialists. Oh, I just specialize in payroll or I just specialize in culture. You know, some of them have not had that broad experience or been through a life cycle to see what happens. During COVID, a lot of my colleagues learned the hard way how to do everything. So uh, I think there's a lot more experienced, war-wounded HR professionals out there than there was like five years ago. But definitely, it pays. I have a process where I actually call it kind of a retainer service. Hire me and let's negotiate. Okay, let's hire you for five hours for the year. So you can text me, you can phone me, and we can have conversations that build kind of situation. So you might have more strategic planning, or you might have a, hey, this person just threatened to take me to human rights. What do I do? So then we'll have a conversation about that kind of thing. Awesome. I love that. I love that. People should have an HR person in their back pocket. Hey, there we are. Back pocket HR. All right. Before I ask you the last couple of questions, I just want to ask my audience. So audience and friends out there, I have a question for you. What is it that you truly want from your business? What do you want your business to contribute to your life? In other words, what's your definition of success? Is it so many weeks off so that you can travel? Is it that you only work so many hours a week? Well, a new client of mine just told me that her definition of success was replacing her corporate salary plus spending three months in Mexico unplugged. So what is yours? Now, you might be wondering why I'm asking you this question. The reason I'm asking you this question, it's because this is the first step in understanding how you are going to build a business that you love. That's what I do with each of my private coaching clients when they come to me for my Grow to CEO program. We understand, we make it specific, not general, what you want from your business so that you can build a business of your dreams without the hustle. So if you're already enjoying a six-figure success, but you want to go to the next level, then please reach out and book a call with me, dianalidstone.com slash schedule. Okay, now back to Hilda. Hilda, you know, I have two more questions to ask you. One is, do you have anything else to add? I think I've shared a lot of different ideas. <laughs> you did. What I'll add is that when you have employees, they are human beings. The more you get to know them and treat them like valued people, the more you will create a place you're proud of. I mean, that's the key. Your legacy should be, I created this. People love what they do. I love having them part of my building success. Yeah. And if you're looking for a job, you should go to a company that cares about you as an individual. Because if they don't care about you as an individual, life's too short. You need to go and find a place that you love what you do and you love where you work. And And that's the joy that I have in what I do. Yeah. And I think the pandemic has certainly, you know, showed people that. And I think they're being more discerning about where they work. Yes. Hence the great resignation. When I was doing all my webinars during COVID, I did 30 webinars on various topics to help managers and business owners. And what I didn't predict way back in the early days is that 
you know, you had to create a positive culture because people will leave you if you don't. What I didn't predict is that we had so much time on our hands that we would start thinking individually about what is it that energizes me? What do I want to do? And so people were leaving because whatever they were doing didn't energize them anymore at that company. Yeah. Well, I have a saying, you know, if it doesn't make me happy, I ain't doing it. So there we are. All right. One last question that I ask all my guests is how do you personally embody or embrace the hashtag work less, earn more? I think I've been at my company that I created five years ago now. And when I started, I did a whole bunch of things, which I enjoyed. But as I learn more about myself in what is passionate for me, I've now been able to articulate that and value what that means to me as a person. So I'm leveraging my time. I have associates who will help me do the things that I don't quite like to do, which I'm not going to share with people (laughs) out loud. And then those things that I really love to do, I'm focusing on more and I'm valuing what that is. So I'm pricing myself for the things that I really passionately love to do and provide support for people at an affordable price using people who can do some of the things that I don't need to spend my time on, but will certainly add value if you have somebody that helps you with those HR things. One more anecdote here. I remember going to a networking event and somebody said, I told them what I did. She ran her own company. She says, I've been in the business for 10 years now. I've made every mistake in the book. So I know what I'm doing with HR. And I'm going, why would you want to make 10 years of mistakes? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and pity the person who suffers all those mistakes that you've learned. That's so true. I think it's, you know, HR hiring, keeping training employees is a huge challenge for business owners. And I think even more so during these times. So thank you so much for sharing this valuable information And I know that for the listeners here who have employees and or who need to look at hiring employees, that they'll be able to do it with a much better mindset and with some of these tips that you shared. So thanks so much, Hilda. Friends, thanks for listening to the Grow Equation Business Podcast. Remember, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, like, subscribe, all those good things. And remember, until next week, you can do this. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Grow Equation Business Training Podcast, where it's all about hashtag work less, earn more. Before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review. If you enjoyed this and want more of Diana, you're invited to join her private Facebook community for live trainings, articles, and Q&A. Head over to facebook.com slash groups slash think like a CEO with Diana. Until next time, thanks for listening.